tonight you are in for a special treat because tonight you get to hear from our very own Alex Pachacano. That's right. Now, now before I bring him up on stage, I want to talk a little bit about what he's talking about tonight because I'm telling you, it's incredible. Uh, see, for the past couple months, Patches and I have been talking about this sermon. We've been preparing for it. He's been talking through it and thinking about it and praying over it. And the cool thing is he's been preparing this sermon for a, about maybe a month or two. But God has been preparing for this sermon through Patches for years. See, because there are many moments where he has been faithful, where he's been obedient to God, even when none of his friends were, even when it was difficult, even when it was uncomfortable, he chose to follow after Jesus. And it's his relationship with Jesus that's on display tonight. And so we believe that God has something to say to you. In fact, tonight is more than just Alex giving an incredible message. Tonight, God wants to say something to you through patches. And so, what I need you to do tonight in your best M12 way is to focus, is to pay attention, because I'm telling you, what God has to say through patches is going to be incredible. So you want to make sure you lean in. You want to get your notes out. You want to get your Bible open and ready. You want to make sure you lean in, because I'm telling you, God is going to speak to you tonight. So without any further ado, let's give a big, warm M12 welcome for Patches. <laughs> All right. M12, how are we doing tonight? There we go. There we go. I'm so excited that all y'all are here having fun. What's up, Josh? I'm so excited. And I'm even more excited to just dive into the final week of the series Battlefield. But before we get into all that stuff, I have a question for all y'all. Who here is so ready for Thanksgiving next week? Oh, I don't even have to hear it twice. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Like, Christmas is cool and all, but Thanksgiving is number one. Do y'all know why? Oh, y'all got it. Because of the food. The food is so good, and there's just so much of it. And so I kind of want to see what kind of people we have in this room. So I'm going to say two different types of food, and you're going to cheer for your favorite food. And we have three rounds of it. So the first round, we have ham. Who likes ham? All right. Who likes turkey? Yeah, turkey. Honestly, turkey is my favorite. Turkey is my favorite. And so we have the second round. Who likes mashed potatoes? Ooh, so good. Mashed potatoes just gets me right. Who likes sweet potatoes? <laughs> sorry, I, I, just, I just don't like sweet potatoes. I'm sorry. But all right, so now we're on to our third and final round, and it's desserts. Who likes apple pie? Okay, okay. Who likes pumpkin pie? So I like apple pie. I don't know why. I just like apple pie. I just like apple pie. And so, since we're talking about Thanksgiving, and more importantly, we're talking about food, I have a confession to make. When it comes to food, I have no self-control. Like, whatsoever. Like, already on a given week, uh, if my mom would allow me, I could eat pack after pack after pack of ramen. Like, it's literally just ongoing. If my mom would allow me, it's so good. And so, in fact... I actually went to Waffle House over the summer with my friend Grace Fitz, and she watched me eat a whole all-star special meal. She watched me eat it in less than five minutes. 
I ate in four minutes and 22 seconds. If y'all don't know what an all-star special meal, it's a lot of food, and that's a little time. And so, when Thanksgiving rolls around, it's really disgusting. I'm a slob when it comes to Thanksgiving because I go for seconds, I go for thirds, I go for fourths, I go for fifths, sometimes even sixths. It's just it feels like I have no self-control. At least it just feels like it. And so, my lack of self-control with food isn't just with food. It's also with emotions. Has anyone had a temper tantrum before? Let's be honest. There we go. All your hands up. All your hands up. I know I definitely have. In one of my classes called Team Sports. If y'all don't know what that class is, it is, y'all are seriously missing out. But my favorite sports to play in Team Sports is basketball, volleyball, and ping pong. And so, those of y'all that know me know that I'm really competitive. Like, just my eighth graders, how competitive am I? Yep, so very, we got a very answer. But I'm very competitive. So with that competitiveness comes a mindset of whoever's in front of me, I'm going to beat you. So if you're, we're playing basketball and you're guarding me, I'm going to break your ankles and splash a three in your face, especially Josh Kim. And so if we're playing, if we're playing volleyball, so if we're playing volleyball, I'm going to jump higher than you and spike it straight into your face, or I'm just going to jump higher than you and block the ball. It's just I have that kind of uh, mindset. And so, there's actually a story that goes with team sports. And so I was playing basketball, playing full court, and there's this guy in team sports that doesn't really like me. For some reasons, I just make fun of him a lot. Um, so we're going to call this guy Leroy. And so Leroy and I don't have the best relationship. So I got a pass in team sports, and I went up to lay up the ball, and I just see Leroy from the back just come up, jump with me, and slap my forearm. Not even try to hit the basketball. Just slap my form out of nowhere. So like a rational human being would do, I called foul. And so Leroy didn't like that that much. He didn't really like that. So he got up, got into my face, yelled, that wasn't a foul. You're just being a little girl. And y'all could probably guess what little girl means. I'm not going to say it. Little girl. And so that just happened. And I, so I came back with the just utmost respectful way of explaining to him how he was a stupid idiot and that he slapped my forearm. I even showed him the marks. There were four red marks that were obviously representing his fingers that just slapped my forearm. And so, team sports isn't the only place. And so, obviously, if y'all were there, y'all would know that I'm 100% not qualified to talk about self-control with emotions. And team sports isn't the only place that I've had a temper tantrum before. I've had temper tantrums with my mom, with my friends, just about everyone that I care about. And so, has that ever happened to anyone? Who's lost it on their friends before? Just, just went berserk and just lost it on their friends. Who's lost it on to their family members? Just your, your mom or dad said something that you really didn't like and you just lost it on them. And so, obviously, that's everyone. And blowing up on people isn't the best idea because it harms our relationship. So how do we prevent from harming our relationships with our friends, with our family, and sometimes God? And so, the answer is have self-control. It's easy. Have self-control. Getting the answer is easy, but we have to find the steps on how to gain and maintain self-control every day. And that's the hard part. But the steps are actually in your Bible. So if you will, grab the Bible under your chair or in front of your seat, and we're going to uh, flip to page 655. 655. And it's actually the book of Proverbs, and we're going to go to chapter 25, 28. 
And I'm going to give you all a background of Proverbs. Proverbs was written by a guy named King Solomon. He was king of Israel. And he once was known as, and is still known as, one of the wisest men to ever live. And he actually wrote Proverbs to just write for his son, to talk about the warnings, the situations, and the cautions that his son should take in his life. And Solomon actually talked about this topic. He talked about self-control. And so let's dive into Proverbs 25, 28. It says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. And I want to focus on that first part. Like a, city, like a city whose walls are broken through. So this is a picture of Jerusalem, a real picture of Jerusalem. As you can see, there's walls all around the city to prevent from the enemies coming into the city and destroying it. So just like how Solomon talked about like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. That means if we have walls up, if Solomon has walls up to protect his city, he's going to protect his city. And so God's calling us to have walls in ourselves to protect the bad thoughts, the bad emotions, the bad situations from just destroying us from the inside out. And so another word for walls is actually boundaries. God wants boundaries in our life. So we not only just protect the bad from coming into us, but we prevent Protect the relationships we have with our friends, with our family. Just protect that. Because if we keep blowing up on, on, our, on our friends and our family, we're just going to just keep destroying it. And so we only have control of our boundaries. We only have control of our walls. We don't have control of what happens to us. We don't have control of anyone else's boundaries. And that's actually in your notes. It says, you can't control others, but you can control yourself. And so you can't control that teacher that just gives you homework after homework after homework after homework, just homework. And it might be stressful and frustrating. You can't control her or him, but you can control on how you deal with that situation. You can't control your friend from getting mad at you and yelling in your face, but you can control that situation. You can't control your mom or dad irritating you and annoying you all the time, but you can control how you deal with it. And so... We're gonna, uh, I have three boundaries that are helping me right now gain self-control every day. And so we're going to go into the first boundary. It's, it's an emotional boundary. And the saying that I like with this, and it's actually in your notes, it says, be a window, not a mirror. So if you're a mirror, you're looking at someone face-to-face, and whatever they're doing, you're mimicking. And so if, someone, if, if your friend comes up to you and gets mad at you and you're yelling and you're being angry towards the situation, guess what you're going to do? You're going to mimic them back and bring the same anger, bring the same kind of just angry words towards them. And vice versa, if, somebody, if your friend comes up to you and talks about, my life sucks, I hate my life, I hate my parents, all this stuff, guess what? You're going to mimic them and say that my life sucks, I hate my parents, all this stuff. But if you're a window, same situation, you're looking at someone, but if someone comes up to you and says, just says hateful words and just yells at you and just brings anger towards the situation, you're not going to mimic them. You're your own person. You can't control the person that's in front of you yelling at you, but you can control yourself. And vice versa with the sadness. If someone comes up to you while you're just saying that they're really sad, they hate their life, they hate their parents, all this stuff, you're not going to mimic them. You can feel compassion for them and say, I'm sorry, that sucks that you feel like that. But you don't have to leave that conversation having the same sadness that they do. And this boundary is really difficult. Let me just be honest. It's really difficult to grasp. 
And I actually recently had an encounter where I was definitely being a mirror, not a window. And so it was in sophomore year, two years ago. And so I'm a really lazy dude. I'm just lazy. And so, especially in school. So I, in my language arts class, I had a lot of NCIs, a lot of zeros. And my mom, I can already feel her looking at me. My mom doesn't like NCIs whatsoever. So she confronted me, really calm and collected, saying, hey, what's up with the NCIs? And apparently I just gave a nonchalant answer. Uh, I came across what was, I sounded like, I don't, care about my, I don't care about school. And so that kind of triggered her, and she started yelling and just becoming angry towards the situation, with good reason, but she just started bringing anger towards the situation. And so I was being a mirror, and I kind of raised my voice back at her. And I came back with the same kind of anger. I started yelling at her, and we... I stood up, and so we started just yelling at each other. Not in each other's faces, but we were yelling at each other. And that went on for a few minutes. And then she just ended the conversation with, you're, not, you're grounded until, my, uh, until your grades are where I want them to be. And slammed the door. And so last week, if you were here, Steve talked about the three types of people that, uh, when they're angry. And so for me, I'm the Incredible Hulk. I just get mad. And so I walked back into my room after just getting yelled at. And so I sat on my bed, didn't think twice about it, looked at the wall, and just punched a hole into the wall. Here's actually a picture of it. Huge. Savage. Savage. Right. So I just punched a hole in the wall. And as you can tell, I was being a mirror. I was mimicking what my mom was doing. I didn't have control of what she was saying. I didn't have control if she was going to get angry at me. But I could have controlled myself. And if I was a window, there wouldn't be a hole in the wall. If I was a window, I Still couldn't control my mom, but I could control myself. And so going back to the hole in the wall, my mom wanted me to plaster and cover that hole up. The hole is still there, and it's been two years. And not only is it still there, I kind of got tired of looking at the hole, and I kind of put hats over it. <laughs> and so the middle one, the green hat, is covering the, hat, uh, covering the hole. And I was just really tired of looking at it. But if I was being a window in that situation, I wouldn't have to worry about putting hats over a hole in the wall. And so that was the first boundary. And so the second boundary is a friend boundary. And the saying that I like that goes with this, and it's actually in your notes, you can't choose what your friends do, but you can't choose your friends. So you will have friends that will smoke, that will drink, that will gossip. Just do all these bad things. And since you're friends with them, they're going to tempt you to do that kind of stuff. Because your friends are, the, are just a really good representation of who you are. And so the more you hang out with them, the more tempted you are to just do that kind of stuff. And it's not with bad things. It's with good things, too. And so if you're friends with people that like baseball, guess what? You're going to like baseball more. If you're friends with people that like dogs, you're going to like dogs more. If you're friends with people that like cats, you're seriously going to keep hating yourself. So, sorry, I just had to say that. And so... Your friends should influence you in a good way. Your friends should represent you. And so when I was growing up, I didn't have the best kind of friends. I only hung out with my neighborhood friends. And for some reason, they would always pick me to fight. They would just pick me to fight. Maybe because I was the smallest and it was funny to see me fight, but I would just always fight when there was conflict within the group. And so I grew up elementary school and middle school just all knowing about uh, if there was conflict, I would fight. I would fight it out. And so getting into high school, uh, I just met a new, uh, new set of friends. I met Jack. He's right there. Yep. <laughs> I met Caleb. 
I met Grace, all this kind of people that had a different perspective on how to deal with conflict. And then later on, I met Dayton, and I met Cassidy, all that stuff. And they just had different perspectives on how to control conflict. They were more rational about it. They wanted to make peace, not fight. And so if I wasn't friends with them, I wouldn't be who I am right now. And if I was friends with my neighborhood friends, I probably definitely (laughs) wouldn't be who I am right now. And so your friends are a really good representation of who you are. And so maybe you need to choose your friends a little more wisely. And so the friend boundary and the emotional boundary are really good boundaries to not let anything happen to you. Not let any bad situations or bad emotions come into your life. But since we're human, just stuff happens. And just situations happen to us that we don't have control of. And so we tend to just bottle up those emotions and move on. Bottle up the emotions and move on. Bottle up the emotions and move on. And just keep bottling up the emotions until we just reach our emotional limits. And then that one person, that one friend, makes a sly comment that just irritates you a little, and you just blow up on them. Out of nowhere, not knowing what happened. And so that's where the third boundary comes. It's a prayer boundary. And it's actually supposed to let Uh, allow us to poke holes into our emotional limit to let the bad out. And let's go back to the city real quick. So as you can see, the walls protect the city from the bad coming in. But if you look, there's a gate to let the good in and the bad out. And so this is what the prayer boundary is. It's a prayer gate. And the prayer gate is supposed to allow us, like I said, to poke holes through the emotional, uh, emotional limit. Just let the bad out. So here's what I mean. I have this cup. This cup is our emotional limit, and I have this water. This water is our life. And so let me give you all an example of what could happen. Y'all could grow up not feeling accepted or loved at home by your parents, by your siblings, all this stuff, and you would just bottle up and move on. That's what you tend, uh, that's what you tend to do, just bottle up and move on. And so that's what you do. You put water in there, and you don't do anything about it. And then you just go into middle school, and so there will be tests that you fail, and you just bottle up and move on. And then your friends make fun of you, and you just bottle up and move on. All this until there's only a little room for your emotional limit to take. And so then there's, there's just that one friend that makes a sly comment about your hair or your outfit, and it just irritates you. And it makes you overflow, makes you just... Blow up on that friend. And so what the prayer boundary is supposed to let us do, it's supposed to grab someone that you really trust. It's either an accountability partner, a small group a member, or a small group leader. And you just pray with them and pray to God and talk about what you're mad about and why you're mad about. And so you talk, what you're mad about, your friend made fun of you because of your outfit. You poke a hole and you see the water run out. You see the water run out. You're letting the bad come out. And you're letting the good in. But as you can tell, the water stopped flowing out. It's because you got to get deeper and there's still some bad stuff in your emotional limit. And so you get a little deeper and you talk about why you're mad about the situation. You don't feel loved or accepted in your friend group. So you let the water out. You let the bad out. And you see the bad. That's good. You're getting a little deep. But then you see the bad just kind of starting to stop flowing out. So you got to get to the deepest part of what you're really mad about and why you're really mad about it. And then you come to the realization that you never felt loved 
or accepted at home. And you see all the water out. You see all the bad come out. And this is what the prayer bounty is supposed to allow us to do. It's supposed to allow us to let the good in and let the bad emotions and situations come out. And so let me do something with my own experience. And this is something that I've had a kind of control. And so something that I just bottled up and moved on with is my parents' divorce. And that's a big thing. And I just bottle up and move on. And then I go into high school. And I fail some tests because, like I said earlier, I'm lazy. And that's bottle up and move on. And then you have friends like Caleb and Jack that like to make fun of you a lot. (laughs) And that hurts. So you bottle up and move on until you have only a little room left. And then, let me give you all a little background. So I'm dating this girl, Cassidy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Guys, she's awesome. We're in an awesome relationship. But I tend to joke around with Cassidy a little too much. Cassidy tends to bring back the fire. Sometimes I can't handle the fire. (laughs) And sometimes she just makes a joke, which was intended to be a joke, but it just irritates me a little. And I have no room left in my emotional limit. So she says those things, and I just blow up on her. And I just leave her on a tangent of what did I just do? And so the prayer boundary has helped me to realize this. And so I grab either Jack, Dayton, or Caleb, and I just talk about what I'm mad about. Cassidy said this, and it really irritated me. So you let the bad out. You let the bad out. All this good stuff. But then that's only what you're, bad, uh, what you're mad about. And you see that the bad has stopped, uh, stopped flowing out. So you got to get a little deeper. you got to get, because there's still so much water in your emotional limit. And so I get a little deeper. I'm mad that I joked around with Cassie a little too much. And so now it's on me. And so I let the bad out. I'm praying to God, and I'm talking with Caleb and Jack and Dayton with, about this stuff. But there's still more water that needs to be let out. And so I talk about, and I kind of come to the realization that I never really had a man in the house to show me how to truly and genuinely care for a woman. And so the water comes out. The bad just comes out, and I'm letting the good in, but then it stops flowing out. And so I got to get to the deepest realization that I feel like I'm becoming my dad. And you, you just let the bad come out. All that stuff, and then you're just left with good, and nothing's in your cup anymore. And so what started with me being mad that Cassie said this ended with, I feel like I'm becoming my dad. And so this is what happens. We just tend to bottle up things and move on. And we don't realize uh, that we keep bottling up and moving on until our emotional limit is just at the top. And then just something happens and we go berserk out of nowhere. And we don't know why. And it's not because of that one situation. It's because of things that you've been bottling up and moving on with. And so, as you can tell, those holes are fresh because I just made them, because I just came to the realization, because I just prayed to God about it. And so every day, those holes will start to patch up. And that requires us to pray every day. Talk about what you're mad about and why you're mad about it. And so that's the final boundary. And so what what boundary is God calling you to do? And we're going to jump to the boundary slide. Here's the boundaries. Is it an emotional boundary? Do you feel like you're being a mirror rather than a wall? 
Do you feel like you're just mimicking people and you don't know why? And you don't have control of other people. And it feels like you don't have control of yourself, but in reality, you do. Or is it a friend boundary? Are you not friends with the right kind of people? Do you feel like they're influencing you in a bad way? If so, maybe you need to choose your friends a little more wisely. Maybe you need to realize you need to change some friends. Or is it a prayer boundary or a prayer gate? Are you just bottling things up until, the t- until you just fill your emotional limit to the top, have no room, and then just one more comment hits you and it gets you a little irritated, and then you just blow up out of nowhere. And so I don't know what boundary God is calling you to do and just get a grasp of, but I know that God's calling you to do one boundary. And so if it's emotional, it's emotional. If it's friend, it's friend. If it's prayer, it's prayer. But only pick one. So if you will, bow your heads as I pray. Father, Lord, just thank you for today. Thank you for allowing us to just have fun on this Thursday night. To realize that we don't all have to get it together, get our life together to be able to worship you. We don't have to have it all right to be able to love you. God, I pray that we realize that we don't have to do anything to get your love. We already have your love. And God, as we're realizing that we have a lack of self-control with emotions, I pray that these middle schoolers, M12, realizes that they can gain self-control again. So I pray that you just press onto their heart what boundary do they need to get a grasp of. If it's emotional, uh, do they feel like they're just being a mirror rather than a window? They just, they're just mimicking everyone else and they don't feel like they're, on, they're their own person with their emotions. Or is it a friend? Do, you, do, you, do, you, do they feel like they're just not friends with the right kind of people? and that they're going to influence them in a bad way? Or is it prayer? Is it that they're just bottling everything up and just moving on, and just later and later they just blow up out of nowhere on that one person, and they didn't mean to, but it just happened for some reason, and they don't realize why. But God, we don't know what you're uh, calling each and every uh, student to just get a grasp of. Only you and that student knows. So God, I pray that they just take this challenge seriously and they only pick one boundary. God, thank you for just loving us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's give it up for Patches. <laughs> thank you. Whew, that was awesome, man. <laughs> Gosh, so proud of him. Hey, um, so what's God saying to you tonight? Because... Tonight was pretty cool having Patches up here on stage giving the message, but, but I think God might actually be speaking to you right now. See, because for a lot of you, maybe you have like an issue going on with your family, or maybe there's some tension in your friend group, or maybe it's Bay or, you know, your ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend, right? And there's like all this crazy weird tension at school. And maybe up until this point, you've been looking around and you've been blaming everyone else. It's like, well, if she hadn't have said that, and if he hadn't have done that, well, it was her fault. Well, he's the one that started it. And you start looking around at all these other people, but maybe all of the tension, maybe all the drama, maybe all the conflict is actually coming back to you. Because, see, you're the common denominator in every single relationship that you're in. And so maybe it's not a matter of they need to shape up. Maybe it's a matter of your self-control. 
And so maybe tonight God's pressing in and he's saying, hey, there's a group of friends you're hanging out with and God's asking you to take a serious look at who you're hanging out with. See, Patches says you can't choose what your friends do. That's true, but you can choose your friends because the biggest influence in your life are the people that you hang out with. That's one of the reasons that he is the way he is today is because of the people he's around. He also said to be a window, not a mirror. Just because someone else is blowing up on you, just because someone else is angry, just because someone else is upset, doesn't mean you have to respond in the exact same way. And then finally at the end, that incredible illustration with the cup. Maybe for you, you blow up on one of your friends, but it's not because of what they said. It's because of something that happened to you years ago. And maybe for you, you've just gotten in a habit of bottling things up and moving on. And you've never really addressed the deep stuff that's gone on in your family or in your friends. And so I think God might be leaning into some area of your life tonight wanting you to talk about this. And that's exactly why we do small groups. In fact, in just a little bit, we're going to dismiss the small groups. And in your small group, we want you to talk about these different boundaries. Which one God is asking you to focus on tonight. So let me pray for you, and then we're going to dismiss to small groups. So God, we are so uh, grateful for Patches, so grateful for what you're speaking through him. But more specifically, God, we're thankful that you spoke to us tonight. And so I pray that you would give these students the wisdom to know what they need to do and the courage to go do it. So we love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.